Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. Pam Hassan, also known as Poetic Hummingbird, joins me tonight for a very special pre-Valentine's Day episode. Poetic Hummingbird is a passionate, inspirational poet. Writing poetry gives her a sense of self and freedom. Expressing her thoughts through poetry allows her to bleed her her emotions on paper and heal from the darkest places that life can take you. She's written a new book, Melodies of Love, and tonight she will share poems from the book. Welcome to the program, Poetic Hummingbird. Hello, Dr. Ingram, and good evening, fellow poets and lovers of poetry. I am so excited to begin another poetic journey with you. Well, thank you. You know, I'm always nervous when you're here. I'm anxious (laughs) and excited at the same time. (laughs) Well, your laugh puts me at ease. (laughs) You know me. (laughs) I'm going to laugh if I don't do anything else. All right. (laughs) You've written a new book. Yes. Melodies of Love. Yes. Tell me about it. What inspired it? So I was inspired to write Melodies of Love because I wanted to poetically narrate a more realistic journey to finding love. I wanted to kind of approach love in a raw yet uncensored way to empower someone who was ready to give up on love, to kind of build and find their own rhythm and then let that rhythm or melody speak exclusively to their hearts. A lot of times I believe we search for love based on what society tells us or the version that society has told us that is our happily ever after. So I wanted to kind of write about the phases that we go through that can sometimes be confused with love while searching for our soulmates or that everlasting love. Tell me about the title, Melodies of Love. I mean, it it, it rings, it sings. Tell me about the title. Well, when I chose the title, I wanted to give potential readers a glimpse into what they can expect to find inside the book. So I wanted the title to be catchy or interesting enough to be more likely to read it. So I pondered a couple titles, but I settled on Melodies of Love because I believe that love has its own unique rhythm. And if that rhythm is specific to each person that's experiencing it. Again, I believe that that melody changes depending on the season of life you're in or the person you're dealing with. So I wanted to use a title that metaphorically would combine those two together. All right. You know, the cover of your book is quite striking. Tell me about the creation of it. Very nice. Well, I designed the cover that everything we do in life, it's based on the four senses, sight, touch, taste, and smell. So I wanted the cover to be kind of like a sneak preview into what you can expect to find in the book. And so I typically, when I design a cover, I choose one of my poems as inspiration. So for this book, I chose the poem Melodies of Love, which is my closing poem at the end of the book. So on the cover, the image of the woman, she's kind of draped across the piano. That kind of represents for me the emotional tug of war that our hearts endure on the journey to finding everlasting love. And if you see she has her reflection staring back at her, that's kind of the tug of war that our hearts go through. And I wanted to show that love can sometimes have you in limbo. So the woman, she's endured so much uncertainty on her journey And so I wanted that to kind of speak into the different color palettes that I chose. Then the dark male figure approaching the piano, um, that depicts someone new kind of entering her life. And although the melody this gentleman sits down and plays moves her soul, the woman is still struggling emotionally to determine if she has enough emotional strength to give love. So I wanted the cover to speak to the passion and the fluctuation of emotions that 
kind of comes with falling in and out of love. It's not wow. all roses, peaches, and cream. That <laughs> that was so eloquent. It was beautifully stated. I really like what you shared. You know, you've been with me before, and I kind of know about what you write about, I guess, from the previous book. Tell me about some of the predominant themes in this book. So some of the predominant themes in this book is really just talking about love and the succession process and the journey that we all travel on love. I believe love is like a universal language, but we all experience that love different. So there's different variations to love that our hearts and minds can misinterpret as love. So I wanted to really give someone who was stuck in a pattern of confusing love with lust or love with obsession a chance to kind of course correct themselves and make better decisions when choosing a partner or a mate. Again, the real purpose of my book is to empower readers to narrate their own love story. I cannot say that enough so that the mm-hmm. ending that they create becomes their own personal, unique fairy tale ending. No one else's. Wow. Wow. Well, everyone, without further ado, Poetic Hummingbird. The first poem, Melodies of Love, let me start by saying this. Melodies of Love has poetry and love notes in the book. So I want to start each section of the poem with kind of a love note that kind of draws you into that section. So the first love note is, lace my spine with your fingertips, torture me slowly with each sensual kiss. The first poem is called Lust. Your love feels like a burning desire. A lustful glance is all my mind requires. For my body to turn up the heat, your love scorches every part of me. It fulfills my naughty fantasy. My body shivers, then my knees grow weak. Your love leaves me dripping in ecstasy. Then it vexes me to give in. Your love feels like a wicked sin. The next form is dirty thoughts. Dirty thoughts of you infiltrate my mind like acid rain. Thinking about your touch drives me insane. Sensual, naughty, erotic fantasies, reminiscing about the way you arouse my body. Caress me, undress me, tie my hands to the bed or chair, tease me, touch my body everywhere. Spread my legs. Enter my thighs. Let my love take you on a fantasy ride as I act out the dirty thoughts that run through my mind. The next poem is called Burning Desire. My heart feels like it's on fire. I can't seem to extinguish this burning desire. The burning desire antagonizes my soul. It ignites a flame that I thought died long ago. My heart can't explain why I'm drawn to your flame. Your love scorches the core of me. It grabs a hold of me, and it becomes hard to extinguish the fire because your love is a burning desire. The next poem is called Friends with Benefits. No commitment, we just hook up sometime. Friendship and sexual pleasure become intertwined. A friendship that was once straight now has blurred lines. Bodies, hearts, and minds become entangled in soul ties. And even though we try to remain emotionally detached, understanding friends with benefits means sex with no strings attached. We somehow allow our bodies to become temporarily satisfy the word friend replaced with lovers once we cross the line you see when lust takes over our bodies our minds omit certain facts once friends turn into lovers there is no turning back in fact the relationship evolves but it cannot grow from lust hearts become mangled and shackled in handcuffs while forbidden lust erupts the truth is now that he's explored a part of you that was not exposed to this world He is no longer classified as your friend. You are no longer labeled as his girl. Let's speak facts. When our bodies are entered, it causes a chemical reaction. And the longer we entangle, it's hard to form an attachment. You see, 
There is nothing casual about having sex. The term means without a commitment, both parties are free to move on to the next. The truth is, friends with benefits rips the foundation of the friendship apart because no one in the equation is leading with their heart. So before you become friends with benefits for a few moments of pleasure, ask yourself, is this person worth unlocking your treasure? The last form in this set is called lust and regret. My desire for you is deeply embedded in my head. I regret letting you into my bed. You see, I was fooled by your charming ways, too full of lust to walk away, thinking if he doesn't love me, how could he touch me that way? So I stayed. Now my heart is full with regret. Parts of me cursed the day we met, yet my body can't forget the mark you left. Thank you. One more poem from that section, Affairs of the Heart. Perhaps you were never meant for me. Two unparalleled souls that found their way into an emotional tragedy. Now I'm caught in your web, and it's hard to leave love behind. There are so many unanswered questions running through my mind. I have experienced that fed by fears before, but this time with you, my heart feels sure. Now my heart has been broken and torn apart, and I don't know where to start as I try to deal with the affairs of the heart. That concludes the poems from the section um, of my book, and the first section is called Lust. Dr. Ingram, do you have questions? Well, let me just keep rattling off poetry. Obsession. Love, I called you 100 times. Tell me where have you been? I knocked on your door, but you refused to let me in. My heart is engrossed in you. I can't seem to get enough of you. I'm obsessively longing to be close to you. Thoughts of you infiltrate my mind like acid rain. Your aloofness heights my andriety. It drives me insane. My heart can't tolerate this uncertainty. I need emotional security. I need to feel like I'm your priority. So please handle me appropriately because I desperately need to see that your love belongs to me. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. <laughs> but I you know, know this how is... to do poetry, so I just Oh, know. I know you do. <laughs> you, you a trained professional. A trained yes, professional. <laughs> you kept rolling. Kept rolling. Yeah. <laughs> this is live, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Always technical problems. And I was talking and talking and talking. <laughs> 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 and my question to you, one of my questions in this section, is is writing a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? That's my question to you. So writing a poem for me is really letting my guard down. Okay. Writing a poem allows me to kind of bleed my emotions on paper so that those yes. emotions don't kind of fester inside mm-hmm. of me. And it's my unique way of really expressing everything that kind of gets jumbled up in my mind. So writing a poem for me is definitely letting my guard down. All right. Now, when you were selecting these poems, talk to me a little bit about the process. Which poems did you choose? So when I was selecting the poems, I wanted to kind of, take the audience on a natural progression in a way that would allow them to travel on this poetic journey of love with us. So I chose poems from each section of the book to kind of paint a vivid picture of the fluctuation of emotions that, again, come with falling in and out of love. I wanted Mm -hmm. to create kind of a sense of growing passion and desire and then lead the audience to a virtuous love, which offers beyond what they teach us in fairy tales and that I wanted to intentionally position them 
at the everlasting door. And then they could decide whether they wanted to pick up the book, read how the book is narrated and how it ends, or they can begin to kind of dissect their own love journey and maybe mm-hmm. reposition their self. I'm hoping that this book gives people insight into just really understanding their own journey to finding love. Oh, very nice. Very nice. So did you, what was your strategy for organizing the poems in the book? Talk about that because you said the first section, the title of the first section is obsession or lust? Lust. All right. Talk about the way that you organize the poems to write or kind of separate my poems in the books into four sections. I refer to this process as poetic preview. That's a term kind of that I created myself. All right. Very I nice. like adding sections to my book because I feel like it gives the readers kind of a glimpse into what kind of poems they can expect and what those poems could potentially be about. And depending on where they're at on their love journey, the reader can decide which they want to read and in what order and if the the section is a little bit too heavy they can kind of skip it and come back to it later so in Mm -hmm. organizing the poems in this book get the word love that sounds simple but i took the word love and made four sections love obsession lust i'm sorry obsession virtuous and everlasting and in both of my books, um, Poetic Lessons and Poetic Hummingbird, I co- incorporate all the titles of the poems to create one final poem. And I refer to this poem as my closing poem. And these have both become kind of my poetic stamps. And I like to think of them as my ability to create and kind of think outside of the box. All right. All right. All right. Let's take a question. We've got some callers. Poet Cummingbird, do you mind if we take a question real quick? Absolutely. All right. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Area code 513. The first five numbers are 515. You're on the air with Poetic Cummingbird. Good evening. Hello? All right. Maybe they're listening. They're so stunned by the first section. All right. Here we go. Let's try this particular caller. Area code 216, the first three numbers are 554. You're on the air with Poetic Hummingbird. Hello. 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 Hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Welcome. You have a question for Poetic yes. Hummingbird. Yes, I do, Poetic Hummingbird. Um, I have both your books, and they are outstanding. Thank you. What can you say to a single woman that is looking for love? Mm, Great question. So what I would say to a single woman that's looking for love, or anyone particularly that's looking for love, first and foremost, define, I'll say it again, define what love means. Make sure that when you're seeking a partner, first and foremost, that you love yourself. Because I believe if you love yourself first, no one can steal your worth. And once you define what love is to you, make sure that when you meet a partner that you're communicating what love is to you, what your love language is, what you're looking for out of that relationship so that you can see early on in the dating process whether or not your hearts will align. Oh, wow. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Thank Thank you. That was very nice. (laughs) Anything else you'd like to ask? No, that's all that I needed to get my soul to stirring. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. All right. All right, Poetic Hummingbird, you're back on stage. Okay. The next session is Obsession. Poem is called Love Why. Love, why are you knocking at my door? I told you, don't come around here no more because all you bring is misery and pain, like broken glass shattered in the rain. Like a candle at first, your passion burns so bright, but when I removed the surge protector, there was no light. The darkness, the lies, 
the deceit, then those childish games. The passion in the middle of the night was not for me because you called out her name. In the broken glass you shattered, I could now see the distorted reflection of myself. She gave so much to you until there was nothing left. So be on your way, love. Go and bother someone else. The book of love is closed. It will remain on the shelf. The next poem is called Chemistry. The death of your love flows through me. Your energy moves me. It draws me in. Lustful sin and innate attraction causing my body to have a chemical reaction, an undeniable connection, an intense stare in your direction. Your energy is so infectious. Body language and nonverbal clues reveal the desires hidden deep inside of you. Playful, banter, teasing, talking dirty, sensual movements that seem a little flirty. Heightened emotions, thoughts that constantly linger in my mind, synchronized frequencies that do not fade with time. My heart flutters when you speak. When you walk by, my knees grow weak. Longing for your touch every time we meet. Tell me that you feel the desire burning. Is your heart and mind and body yearning? For me, do you feel the chemistry? The next poem is called Infatuated with Love. Will this feeling last long? Or like a thief in the night, will you steal my heart and be gone? leaving me to figure out where things went wrong. Have we both fallen in too deep? Are you really into me? There's too much uncertainty. I want to believe that this is more than a fantasy. Am I the girl you've been dreaming of, or are you merely just infatuated with love? The next poem is called Quench My Thirst. Drink from my cup. Quench my thirst until you can't get enough. Dive into my heart. Let your love flow. Let the water run deep into your soul. When the water reaches the shoreline, dive deeper into me. Let your love wash over me. Let your love hydrate me until my body is no longer thirsty. The next poem is called, and it's one of my favorites, Caged by Love. Caged in your world, captured by your love. My heart weeps and my heart cries, longing for you, yet wanting to spread my wings and fly. Love, you have imprisoned me. My heart loves you, but it longs to be free. Please remove the shackles off of me because my heart finally that your love is deceptive and fueled by pure obsession. I feel caged by love, owned like a possession. And one more from that section, yearning for love. Do you feel a strong connection? Do you yearn for my affection? Can you feel my desire? Does your presence Ignite my fire. Do you long for my touch? Does it feel like your passion will erupt? Are you yearning for love? Because your touch is all I'm dreaming of. And that concludes the poems from that section, Obsession. Thank you. Very nice. I enjoyed listening to you, and I'm wondering, does it hurt you to write poetry? Why or why not? I think for me, it depends on the type of poem that I'm writing. If I'm writing um, poetry about grief or pain, then it hurts to write that poem. And and that's why one of my taglines is when the pain cuts deep, I bleed my emotions through poetry. Mm -hmm. But if it's a poem about love, it actually inspires me to write poetry like that. It allows me to look back on my own uh, um, poetic journey to finding love. Mm. Can you love a poem that says what you don't want to hear? 
Can you love a poem that says what you don't want to hear? Absolutely. I feel you can love a poem that says what you don't want to hear because sometimes what we don't want to hear is what we need to hear. And I think if that poem resonates with you, if it sits within your spirit and you can gain some clarity that allows you to reposition or move on with your life in a different way that maybe you would not been, have been able to if you had not experienced that poem, then mm-hmm. I believe that the poet itself has delivered a powerful message, even if it's a message that you were not ready to receive. All right. You know, your titles are very interesting. So what I'd like you to do is to share the titles of five poems in the book, any five poems. Okay, any five poems. Yes. Play in my garden. All right. Chemistry. Mm-hmm. The virtue of love. Yes. Baptize me in love. Okay. I want to say a right. shout out to a caller that was on a previous program that gave me yes. that title. So if you're listening or you run across this, um, please inbox me. I would love to send you a copy of my free book. This is, I love this um, title that this person gave me. And the last one is called Blended Ecstasy. And so when choosing titles um, or poems, one thing I consider is can the reader understand or relate to it? So each of the titles that I feel that I name are easy to understand, yet they're catchy, enough to remember. Um, if you take Play in My Garden, you can kind of imagine where that can go. Chemistry is really um, self-explanatory. The virtue of love talks about the purity. Baptize Me in Love is kind of a cute little play on words. And then Blended Ecstasy is a poem that I wrote dedicated to my husband. So I believe that titles should really give you a basic insight into what that poem is going to be about. Very nice. Now, when you write a poem, does the title come first or the poem come first itself? Oh, that's an interesting question. So for me, poetry is an organic process. So I write fluidly, and I just allow the poem to kind of form itself. So the placement of the title can come in the beginning, the middle, at the completion of the poem. I think the only time that I steer it to where a specific point is when I'm asked to write a poem for a program or an event. Then I will intentionally title the poem first and then write based on the message that the group is or organization has commissioned me to deliver. And that's the only time that I really think about the title first. All right. Now, under ordinary circumstances, when you've not been asked to write a specific poem, how does a poem know where to go? Do you lead or does it lead? Does it lead you? So that's, that's twofold. I simply just open my heart and allow the emotions, again, just bleed out on paper. Yes. Um, the only time I'll negate this process is when I'm asked to write a poem about a subject or a title that I'm not emotionally connected to or familiar with. Um, and I'll give you an example. Yes. I was commissioned in January to write three poems for a program called Reviving Love. And one of the poems I was asked to write was about the love relationship between a physician and his or her um, partner or spouse. So this particular poem, I had to combine both methods. And this is the first time I've ever had to do this. So Mm -hmm. I was able to lead the poem where it needed to go from the sense of being married to a doctor. But I Mm -hmm. had to interview my husband and other physicians so that I can marry the two concepts and then lead that poem where it needed to go so that it was a cohesive poem. All right. All right. Hmm. I'm processing what you're sharing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's important to me because this is so much. I mean, it's beautiful. It's wonderful, actually. Just to hear you talk about these situations, just to hear you share your work. We have Why, another caller. Absolutely. <laughs> we have another caller. This is the greatest person at all. Area code 216. The first three numbers are 856. You're on the air with Poetic Hummingbird. Are you there, caller? Hi, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. 
Do you have a question for Florida Hummingbird? I do, I do, Pam. Those are beautiful poems. Um, this is Denise out of Cleveland, and I am so impressed with your work. Um, thank you so much for sharing, especially around Valentine's Day, when we need so much more love and passion um, in our relationships, um, in the world, and whatnot. But I do have a question, because many moons ago, I wanted to actually be an aspiring poet. And I always sat down to write, but I had writer's block. I didn't know where to start. So just give me some few pointers or a pointer just to lead an aspiring poet in the right direction. The first pointer that comes to mind is look inward. I think some of my best poems come from my darkest experience, things that I'm holding on to that I don't know how to express using traditional language or traditional way of communicating. So kind of lean into yourself first and just sit, find you a quiet place where you're not distracted, come up with a title or a thought or a feeling and kind of just write centered around that. And you'll surprise yourself. It'll just naturally flow. Mm. Okay, that's great, great advice. Thank you so much. God bless. And Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you, Thank you so for the much. support. I appreciate it. You you're know, welcome. Bye bye. Poetic Hummingbird, I like your statement. Again, when the pain cuts deep, I bleed my emotions through poetry. So, as you said, leaning into it, that could be a bleeding process. Absolutely. I like that so much. Thank you for sharing that with the caller. Absolutely. All right. Please continue with your work. The next section is virtuous. The love note for virtuous is love should not have conditions. It should be offered with pure intentions. This poem is called The Virtual of Love combined. The virtue of your love is finally mine. My soul has found rest. My heart has found peace. This love evolved into more than I ever thought it could be. The next poem is called Purest Love. It's a short poem. Your love gives off the purest light. It gives my heart so much energy and power. The passion burns through my soul hour after hour. Your love is my kryptonite and my superpower. This next poem is called, I Wrote You a Letter. And years ago, this was my love letter to love. (laughs) Love, my heart wrote you a letter. Please take the time to read the list of things that I want and need. I need intimacy, passion, and romance with smooth rhythm that likes to dance. I need candlelight dinners and walks in the park. I need a strong attraction that ignites a spark. I need cuddles and Netflix on a rainy day. I need a divine lover who knows how to kneel and pray. I need a committed spirit. Only death will keep us apart. I need someone with pure intentions and a willing heart. I need an effective communicator. I hate to fuss and fight. I need someone who doesn't always have to be right. Love, I wrote you a letter with the hope that you'll find the perfect edge of love that stays etched in my mind. The next poem is called Immortal Love. You can't destroy an immortal love no matter how hard you try. Because an immortal love lasts forever, even when emotional attachment dies. The next short poem is called Eternal Devotion. There's no magic potion to create eternal devotion. It's a subconscious decision that we make in our heart to never allow anyone or anything to tear us apart. And the last poem in that section is called Blended Ecstasy. 
Blended ecstasy, a love that unites you and me, a combination blended so perfectly, even if the outside world can't see, that our differences blend in harmony. Our worlds may be different, even miles apart, but the death to my heart. When I'm with you and you're with me, our love runs deeper than the color they see because it's wrapped in blended ecstasy. Thank you. Wow. You know, they say love changes color in certain lights. Do poems change color in certain lights? Poetic hummingbird? I believe poem changes depending on where you're at on your journey to love. Like a poem like Blended Ecstasy, I couldn't have written this poem five, ten years ago because my mind and thought process wasn't there. But the journey I'm on today allowed me to write that poem in a way that speaks to what love looks like for me. So I believe definitely a poem can change colors over time. There's something. All right. Now, when you think about this book, Melodies of Love, are you hoping this book resonates with a broad range of readers, or are you targeting a specific audience? I believe love is a universal language. So I would really love for Melodies of Love, and I believe it resonates with a wide range of readers. I hope it reignites the reader's passion for love, or at least puts it into a perspective that gives them a sense of emotional peace. I think a lot of times when we're dealing with the melodies of love, we can find ourselves out of tune or disconnected. So I intentionally wrote it for the whimsical loves and the, the brokenhearted to remind them where they are on their course or their journey to finding love, love, in my opinion, it's still worth fighting for. Mm. Wow. Beautifully stated again. Wow. Let me ask you one last question before we continue this journey. Would it be, if you were to give your readers advice before they read the book, we're standing out in front of a Barnes & Noble and everyone's in line to purchase your book, what would you tell them? First, I think I would caution my readers with a disclaimer. And here's my disclaimer. If you're looking for a book of poetry that describes love in a kind of romanticized or unrealistic poetry, it's not for you. It's not going to speak to you. The poems and melody of love are, again, I wrote them in raw and uncensored form to kind of narrate that authentic journey that I feel most of us experience on our search for a soulmate or everlasting love. So if readers are looking for a book that poetically narrates that journey, they will enjoy Melodies of Love, and they'll find actually pieces of themselves within the pages of the book. Mm, very nice. Let's take a brief break, Poetic Hummingbird, and we'll be right back. section in the book is called Everlasting Love. And the love note I wrote is, when our hearts connect and collide, that is where passion resides, and it entangles us in an everlasting love until the end of time. 
So the first poem is called Baptize Me in Love. And that's the poem that the caller last time gave me this title. So I hope the caller is listening over here this later on. And it's a short poem. Baptize me in love that flows like a river, a love that makes my soul shiver. Baptize me in love, a love that caresses my heart, a love that comforts me whenever we're apart. Baptize me in love, a love that makes me surrender, a love that when you're gone, my heart will still remember. The next poem is called Love Me Like a Flower. Love me like a flower so that I can bloom constantly. Love me like a flower until my love is embedded in you like roots in a tree. Love me like a flower even when I'm adorned with thorns. Love me like a flower. Give my broken heart a place to belong. Love me like a flower, hydrate my mind, pollinate my body. Love me like a flower so that my love can bloom wild and free. The next poem is called Everlasting Love. The rays from your love cast a beautiful glare. With my head tilted back, I stand and stare. Enjoying the energy that flows through me. The warmth of your love makes me feel rejuvenated and free. It releases my endorphins to restore my energy. My heart dances when you hold me tight, basking in your love. The next poem is called Dreamed of Love. She dreamed of a beautiful love story. Her heart sang the melody to all the love songs. Her heart had finally found to belong. Her walls began to crumble. Her heart started to melt. This love was different than any she had ever felt. The next poem is called Love Is. Love is erotic, hypnotic, often whimsical and chaotic. But when love turns exotic, it soothes, it sizzles. We constantly ignite love's flame so it doesn't fizzle. We stroke love's ego. We become its prey. We beg love to stay, hoping it doesn't go astray, praying love doesn't fade away. We cradle love. We start a relationship with love. We fix dinner for love. With passion, we make love. Sometimes we even fake love. But love should feel like the sunrise. Love should make you want to spend time staring into your lover's eyes as you build soul ties. Love does not hide. Love lays down its pride. Love opens its arms wide. Love will always believe in you. Love will always need you. Love breathes life into you. Love makes a sacrifice for you. Love creates a paradise for two. Love encompasses everything your heart desires because love is an eternal fire. Thank you. Poetic Hummingbird? Yes, sir. What sex is poetry? I think poetry is universal. One specific sex. I think it's really a language that I would connect almost to music. You know how music is universal and it kind of gives you a beat and it grabs your soul. For me, poetry is the same way. And when I'm writing a poem, I think about it that way so that I can release, uh, reach a larger audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, listening to you, again, your, your poetry is extremely powerful Passionate. What did you learn about yourself writing Melodies of Love? Oh, that was, that's an interesting question. I learned in writing Melodies of Love that society's version of love, you know, the white picket fence script, two kids and a dog, 
where the couple rides off and lived happily ever after in the sunset never appealed to me. I learned that the chapter in my life, I learned the importance of each melody and mm-hmm. how it drew me closer and closer to my everlasting love. I learned the importance of just leaning into that melody and, and kind of honoring it, even if it seemed out of tune to myself or someone else. And I learned to choose what everlasting love meant for me and that I no longer needed anybody's permission to define that for me. When you reach that point of no longer needing anyone's permission to define it, how does that feel? For me, it was freeing. It allowed me to authentically and unapologetically step into this new season with and embrace what love looks like for us. Mm-hmm. We basically said at the altar that people are willing to write their own vows, but not their own rules. And in mm-hmm. our marriage, we decided that we were going to narrate what our chapter of love looks like, and we were going to cancel out all the outside distractions and noises. You've got to give me some more with that one. (laughs) I like that. How do you cancel out the outside noises? How do you do that? And not go crazy. For For us as a couple, one of the first things we agreed on to cancel the outside mo- no- noise is to stay off social media. Let me say that again for those that don't understand what that means. Society has taught us that we have to validate our marriages, validate our positions in the world, validate our love by posting it all on social media. And we decided from day one that our love belongs to us. And that we were going to honor that love, keep that love sacred, keep it off social media, and only share with those people in our circle that could pour into us and lift us up in our love and not tear us down. Mm. Wow. Everyone, we're almost at the end of the program. But, Poet Hummingbird, would you favor us with one more before we go? I will favor you with a Valentine's poem called Piercing Daggers. And this poem is really about reconnecting with an old flame or an old love and struggling with whether or not you want to move forward. And the two loves kind of meet again on Valentine's Day. So Piercing Daggers. Piercing Daggers stab at the heart where Cupid's arrow has left its mark. The tears roll down like falling rain as pieces of the heart are rearranged. I've tried so long to suppress how I feel, hoping that the wound would close and heal. But years have passed and nothing has changed. Your mere presence still ignites the flame. Like a sword and shield, I've carried my pride, but these feelings I can no longer hide. Afraid and unsure of what the future holds, fearful that your heart may one day choose another road. But here I stand, ready to risk it all, even if I stumble and fall. For it took courage from my heart to say, I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Poet Cummingbird. Yes, Dr. Ingram. One more time, the four sections. You start with lust, obsession. The four sections of the book is lust, obsession, virtuous, and everlasting love. And then there are love, poetic love notes at the end of the book. What is the price of the book? Where can we find it? So I like to price my books, and this is going to sound funny, but I like Mm -hmm. to price my books for less than two Big Mac meals at McDonald's. So the cost okay. of my book is, is $9.99 on Amazon, and I think it's $11.99 on Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they can be purchased at Barnes & Noble and Amazon as well. 
All right. So where do you go from here, Poetic Hummingbird? What's next for you creatively? I love poetry. Let me say that again. I love poetry. I feel like it's my first language. So I'm constantly writing and sharing poetry and inspirational notes on my social media platforms under my pen name, Poetic Hummingbird. Um, I have several live performances coming up, so I'll be traveling to California over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm also working on writing poems for my third book um, called Grief Thorns, which I plan to have published around October um, 2023. And I've also introduced a new platform called Sisterhood and Solidarity, where I kind of want to bring together professional like-minded women and poets and authors so that we can kind of collaborate and build each other up. So basically that's what's left and next for me, just writing, 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 and writing more poetry. I don't know what to say to you. You're an incredible individual. I enjoy your work immensely. You are extremely talented. Your future is bright. Thank you. What else can I say, Poetic Hummingbird? Well, I appreciate the high from you, Dr. Ingram. I'm not sure if any of the previous VIP guests that have been on your program have ever (laughs) taken the time to Google your work. And if you haven't, I will encourage you. Um, Dr. Ingram is a stellar stellar poet and his poetry particularly for um, diversity equity inclusion it is powerful so that is a high compliment coming from you because we write some of the same kind of poetry wow it's a high compliment coming from you as well thank you thank you i commend you for what you do every day we were given a treat tonight good people Follow Poetic Hummingbird on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on her own website, PoeticHummingbirdPoetry.com. Wow. Well, I say to everyone, (laughs) good night, and as I share with you every single week, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, Poetic Hummingbird. Good night, Dr. Ingram. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.